Coming up on Gesundheit with Jacobus, the main topic will be flowers. Different flower therapies have shown to successfully help people with mental and emotional challenges. First, I will talk about the well-established Bach flower therapies. And from 9 to 11, I will have a very interesting interview with Patricia Kaminsky, owner and formulator of Flower Essences Services, better known as FES. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Well, good morning and a wonderful white snowy Saturday morning to you. It is November 11. What a special time, 11-11. Wonderful. Happy Veterans Day. A lot of respect going out to all the veterans who have served this country um, so gallantly and amazingly, and I know there are negative stories coming out from the military, but I always believe that the military of the United States has the best intentions and the best discipline and the best uh, offers the best service in wh- wherever they go, wherever they serve. And uh, that is my feeling, and I'm sticking to it, and I totally respect all the veterans of all the wars that have had such an important impact on the quality of life that this country offers. Doesn't mean that everybody agrees that the quality of life is optimal for everybody. No, it is not. But there are a lot of alternatives out there that I think uh, many of you would not want to be participating in. We can pick and choose what we like from different countries. But when you look at the opportunities and options, and if you look at the talent and the gifts that this country has to offer, it is partly because of the fact that the people fighting for this nation literally fight for this nation. And uh, it's one thing if you become a military person and you just serve the military. I feel there is a certain passion and pride that Americans feel when they serve the flag, when they serve under their superiors, and get training that they are able to use for the rest of their lives. So that is a uh, that's what I feel. Which what what's going on? What I think about, amongst other things, when Veterans Day comes around, what the Army and the Navy, and the Marines, and the National Guard, and the Air Force, what they have offered to the young people in this nation, and what it has done for the safety of this nation, and for which we stand right now. So, good morning to you. It's nice to be here, always nice to be here, Saturday mornings, and uh, plenty to talk about today, the, the flower therapies, as you heard in the promo, the flower therapies, the Bach flower, is what I have known most of the time. 
And for the most 20, last 25 years, Bach flowers, I even heard about it when I was like 15, 16 years old. One of my aunts was using it. And uh, that's how I heard about it first, was that word rescue remedy. We got to give him rescue remedy. And I didn't know what that was. In any case, in the second hour, second and third hour, I'll be talking with Patricia Kaminsky from Flower Essence Services. Uh, very, very, very fascinating. And she has a lot of knowledge. And because she and her husband, Richard, are so present, are so involved in the business, business they can give us more insights even about Bach, but primarily about the flowers that they are using in their therapies. And for a while, I have thought, if the Bach is fine, why do we need anything else? But uh, Patricia will be able to explain that to us. What uh, and, and part of it is how things have developed and uh, things how things have been researched. So, uh, Gesundheit. With Jacobus, I'm Jacobus Holloway, uh, has always been focusing on health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. The word Gesundheit means health or good health in German. In Dutch, we say Gesundheit, but uh, most Americans don't know what that means. So Gesundheit it is, and uh, that's what we're focusing on. Talk to the experts, give them a chance to, uh, to chat about their research, their work, their life's work, books they've written. Anyway, we are talking about health, which is fascinating. And um, I'm, you know, I'm being told by people that it seems that I'm practicing and that I make statements. Uh, folks, it's always been my, 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 my feeling that I wanted to educate and help and explain things the way I understand them. And can, you can do with it whatever you like. It's never been my intention to diagnose, treat, or cure. It's all about the information part the education, and hopefully a little bit of entertainment. Please see somebody of your own choice for your own health condition. But I do believe that as we are having these conversations every Saturday morning, that a lot of information can be shared and that we learn from each other from our own ups and downs because the true information about health and healing is not always shared. It's uh, We either have a lot of advertising with it. We also have, sometimes it gets too technical. Uh, sometimes we only hear the good stuff or only the bad stuff. So we can learn from each other. And that's been the goal of the show. So I appreciate you tuning in today. What I want to start with this hour is talking about the Bach flowers. Because I know more about it and I think it is an exciting topic and and in order to do that i thought we have talked about bach as a matter of fact the very first show in july of 2000 was with dr um, eric love the love doctor but dr eric love is the world-renowned bach expert as far as i know and he used to live in bozeman he now lives in arizona but dr dr love was uh, my very first guest and uh, he has always been, I think he's been on about seven times. And every time when he is on, I always learn a ton. And he's funny. He's got great stories. He, uh, he likes to share. He'll explain the differences between these flowers, these 38 different Bach flowers. But to make it better understand, people say Bach flowers, what are you talking about? It, it's spelled like the composer Bach, B-A-C-H. And... Dr. Edward Bach, let me tell you a little bit about him 
because that gives us maybe a better insight in the value of these flowers. Edward Bach studied medicine first in Birmingham and later at the University College Hospital in London, where he was house surgeon. He also worked in private practice, having a set of consulting rooms in Harley Street. As a bacteriologist and pathologist, he undertook original research into vaccines in his own research laboratory. In 1917, so he actually, he undertook original research into vaccines in his own research laboratory. In 1917, Dr. Bach was working on the wards, tending to soldiers returned injury injured from, uh, from France. One day, he collapsed and was rushed into an operating theater, suffering from a severe hemorrhage. His colleagues operated to remove a tumor, but the prognosis was poor. When he came around, they told Bach that he had only three months left to live. He was diagnosed with cancer. As soon as he could get out of bed, Bach returned to his laboratory. He intended to advance his work as far as he could in the short time that remained. But as the weeks went by, he began to get stronger. The three months came and went and found him in better health than ever. He was convinced that his sense of purpose was what saved him. He still had lots of work to do. His research into vaccines was going well, but despite this, Dr. Bach felt dissatisfied with the way doctors were expected to concentrate on diseases and ignore the whole person. He aspired to a more holistic approach to medicine. Perhaps this explains why, not being a homeopath, he took the offer of a post at the Royal London Homeopathic Hospital. Once there, he, he soon noticed the parallels between his work on vaccines and the principles of homeopathy. He adapted his vaccines to produce a series of seven homeopathic nosodes. This work and its subsequent publication brought him some fame in homeopathic circles. People began to refer to him as the second Hahnemann. Dr. Samuel Hahnemann was the inventor, the medical doctor who invented homeopathy. But up to now, Bach had been working with bacteria, but he wanted to find remedies that would be purer and less reliant on the products of disease. He began collecting plants, and in particular flowers, the most high, highly developed part of a plant, in the hope of replacing the nosodes with a series of gentler remedies. By 1930, Dr. Edward Bach was so enthused by the direction his work was taking that he gave up his lucrative Harley Street practice and he left London, determined to devote the rest of his life to the new system of medicine that he was sure could be found in nature. He took with him as his assistant a radio radiographer called Nora Weeks. Just as he had abandoned his home, office and work, Dr. Bach began to abandon the scientific method and its reliance on laboratories and reductionism. He fell back instead in his natural gift as a healer and more and more allowed his intuition to guide him to the right plans. Over years of trial and error, which involved preparing and testing thousands of plants, he found one by one the remedies he wanted. Each was aimed at a particular mental state or emotion. He found that when he treated the personalities and feelings of his patients, 
their unhappiness and physical distress would be alleviated naturally as the healing potential of their bodies was unblocked and allowed to work once more. I want to say that again. That sentence is really powerful. Dr. Bach, he found that when he treated the the personalities and feelings of his patients, their unhappiness and physical distress would be alleviated naturally as the healing potential of their bodies was unblocked and allowed to work once more. His life followed a seasonal pattern from 1930 to 1934. The spring and summer spent looking for and preparing the remedies. The winter giving help and advice to all who came looking for them. Most winters were spent in the coastal town of Cromer. Cromer. Here he met and became friends with a local builder and healer, Victor Bullen. B-U-L-L-E-N. Victor Bullen. In 1934... Dr. Bach and Nora Weeks moved to a house called Mount Vernon in the Oxfordshire village of Brywell cum Sotwell. In the lanes and fields, he found the remaining remedies that he needed to complete the series. So, and, and by the way, this was, he started with 12 remedies, then he found seven assistants and then he found 19 more remedies while he was up here. So he ended up with 38 different remedies. Um, by now, his body and mind were so in tune with his work that he would suffer the emotional state that he needed to cure and try plants and flowers until he found the one that would help him. In this way, through great personal suffering and sacrifice, he completed his life's work. So this is really interesting. As we talk about these emotions that he felt, we're talking about anger, anxiety, self-esteem issues, being driven or being a very driven person, fear, um, um, domination. So either are you a dominating person or are you being dominated? These different types of emotions, he would work himself into that state of mind so that he could then try the remedies on himself. He could try these flowers and see what it did to himself. So by now, his mind and body were so in tune with his work that he would suffer the emotional state that he needed to cure and try plants and flowers until he found the one that would help him. In this way, through great personal suffering and sacrifice, he completed his life's work. A year after announcing that his search for remedies was completed, Dr. Bach passed away peacefully on the evening of November 27, 1936. He was only 50 years old, but he had outlived his doctor's prognosis by nearly 20 years. He left behind him several lifetimes experience and effort and a system of medicine that is used all over the world. He left his work in the hands of his friends and colleagues, Nora Weeks and Victor Bullen, with instructions that they should carry on his work and stay true to the essential simplicity of what he had done. In a letter to Victor, dated October 26, 1936, a month before his death, he wrote, quote, People like ourselves who have tasted the glory of self-sacrifice, the glory of helping our brothers, once we have been given a jewel of such magnitude, 
Nothing can deviate us from our path of love and duty to displaying its luster, pure and unadorned to the people of the world. Nora and Victor stayed true to those ideals of simplicity and sharing. And you can call, you can still go to the Bach Center today, the Bach Center, and then you can uh, find what they are still doing. They're still stuck, not stuck, but they're still respecting the work of Dr. Edward Bach in its full glory. This hour, we're talking about the Bach flowers. In the next two hours following, I will be talking with Patricia Kaminsky, who is uh, one of the formulators with her husband, Richard Katz. They have formulated uh, phenomenal flower therapies, and they keep expanding on what they do. And so we'll learn from her how their company, Flower Essence, Flower Essence Services, is, um, is, has started, has grown, has developed, and what the plans are for the future. When it comes to the Bach, I have simply learned from Eric Love when he was in Bozeman, when he lived in Bozeman, and I think he lived here till about I, I maybe early 2000s. Maybe, yeah. Now, Eric really was very helpful. He wrote a book, and it is back in 1981. And the, the Bach flowers, there are 38 of them. And they all have something to do with, they can help you on a physical, a physical uh, issue, with physical issues, but they are primarily focusing on the emotions and somebody's mental state of mind. And this is something that often I, I think about when I've had radio shows, for example, with Alicia Smith and NAMI, uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, when we talked about mental diseases and there is this, this, this verbiage that just says there is no cure for depression. There is no cure for anxiety and stress. There is no cure for fear. It is one of the things that uh, they feel there is really something going on that uh, uh, we need to medicate. And I truly feel that Mother Nature is not intent to make people depressed and have them fight anxiety or OCD. It sometimes happens because of an accident, an incident. It can happen through certain trauma, head trauma, physical trauma in another way, emotional trauma. But there are ways to alleviate it. And I always say that I don't feel personally that prescription drugs are obsolete or should not be used at all. I do believe that there's a lot of things we can do with natural remedies and I feel that if we, let's say, alleviate our symptoms 40, 50, 80, 90% of the time, or let's say you have a certain issue and you try a natural remedy and you feel better 70%, is it worth for you to feel that 70% better or do you have to feel 100% better otherwise the natural remedy has been an absolute failure? And then let me return the question. If a medical professional gives you a, a, a prescription drug and it works 70%, will you go back to the doctor and say, I want my money back because it didn't work 100%? It's interesting that people come back to our store and return products because it didn't work within the first 24 to 48 hours. 
And that is an interesting concept, and I wonder why that is. Uh, even though we don't, we don't even make any claims in the store. We have categories, but you still should try it. And we always have to find out how something is working on your body, because it is not just your body, but it is also your mind and your emotions that determine if something is going to work. And so when <clears throat> when people go to a doctor and after three months or five, six months they go back and say, well, it worked for a bit, but the pain has returned. You know, then I, then I would say, well, obviously the, the remedy has failed because it never healed you. It just suppressed the pain until the pain kept developing underneath to the point where it started to hurt you again. So it's no guarantee that a prescription drug offers you all the help that you need, either for cholesterol or heart or depression or pain, but there is, we can work together. If you try something naturally and it works for 70%, then take less of a prescription drug and still get a couple uh, percentage points out of it, maybe another 10, 20, maybe 30%, and you feel a full 100% recovery. Now you're not dependent on high milligrams of prescriptions, and you are still feeling that you are partly in control because of your own use of natural remedies, be it diet, exercise, mental attitude, yoga, meditation, and perhaps some dietary supplements. So, a lot to learn. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. When you purchase these flowers, these flower therapies, it's, you, can, you don't have to use full strength. And that is maybe something that many people don't understand. They buy these tiny little bottles. I think right now we are actually uh, selling them also through the FES uh, brand because they have decided to import the Bach flowers. So we have much smaller bottles, and they're $7.95, so it is a nice trial size. Now, you can use them straight, but you don't have to. When I talked with Eric Love, who taught me so much about the Bach flowers, Dr. Eric Love, he is the, the oldest known of the longest known teacher of Bach flowers. I think he has done it for over 50 years. Um when you when you take a few drops, put them in a little glass vial or jar of a little bottle, a one ounce, two ounce bottle. So let's say you take a you take a two ounce dropper bottle, and you put of each remedy that you like, maybe five to ten, eight to ten drops, in the in the glass bottle. When you have five remedies, you put five times eight, forty drops total in there approximately if it is seven or eight or nine or ten it doesn't really matter the power of the flower is in the uh, in there right now and then you add clean water not just tap water you add clean water you simply mix them you mix them together shake them up a little bit and now you squeeze that pipette in the dropper bottle a couple times so it fills up with water that contains some of these flowers and then you just squirt it in your mouth if you like it to go that way, and it will absorb through the saliva, or you can swallow it, and it will absorb in the body. Now, it, as I mentioned, it's not better to use a lot at once, but it is better when you use it more repetitively. So what Eric would always say, use it at least four times a day. Use a full dropper at least four times a day. What I personally have witnessed 
is that when I tell people to use it every five or ten minutes, if they want to, they will start seeing a change much more quickly. So I tell people sometimes I've made the remedy up at the store at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center, and then I give them the bottle. I said, "Go ahead, shake it, and take it." And then I said, "When you get in your car, you put your safety, or you put your belt on. Take it again. You get to the next red light, take it again. You get to your next stop, take it again." And then they start taking it. They keep it in the pocket. Now, when the bottle is empty, you simply add so many more drops again to it, fill it up with water, and continue the process. So you can use the the, the bark flower straight but then you are going to go through it a lot faster. Uh, if you dilute it with water, you still have the energy, you still have the potency from the flower extracts from the bark, and you can then feel the absorption and it going to work. And the fact that this has been around for so long and is used by practitioners of all different levels, we know that the uh, that the, that that the research and the practical application of it has shown that these flowers these flowers work. If you take bark flowers and you took the wrong remedy, it will not work against you. It does not affect your emotions in a negative way. It simply will be neutral, which is therefore a positive thing. But there are books available, and we have one in the store that explains what these remedies can each do for us. And the way Eric divided it up, he, he came up with this wheel of emotions. So he came up with eight different emotions that he feels can each handle several of the Bach flowers. So he talks about anger, emotion, fear, exhaustion. Well, who doesn't have exhaustion anymore these days? Self-esteem issues, parasitic so are you a parasite? Do you recognize that you, are, that you are like a parasite living on other people? Or are other people sucking you dry? So are you in the parasitic realm? Depression, obvious. Domination, which is uh, being dominated by somebody else. Or are you yourself uh, being told by all the people who love you uh, that you are a pretty dang dominating person? And then we have drive. So are you very driven yourself or is somebody else driving you really hard? And that can be somebody in this current life or it could be somebody who has passed away, but they've had a strong effect on you at a very young age and therefore are still driving you in your mind. So when you take, for example, uh, uh, well, let's take exhaustion. So there are flowers like olive, hornbeam, centauri, vervain, and also something, a flower called impatience. And impatience ends with N-S at the end, not with N-C, uh, patience, uh, E. <laughs> so if you, if you take some of these remedies and you take, for example, let's go to olive. So olive, what Dr. Uh, Dr. Love is saying, when Olive is for people, so what you do, you use this book, you read what the actual description from Dr. Bach is, and if you say, no, this doesn't really describe me, then first quickly go through some of the symptomology, some of the other uh, symptoms you may experience, and then uh, say, you know, this is not for me, then scratch it off your list. So for example, Olive is for people 
those who have suffered much mentally or physically and are so exhausted and weary that they feel they have no more strength to make any effort. Daily life is hard work for them without pleasure. Some of the symptomology is complete exhaustion, complete exhaustion with no reserve strength. Exhaustion through suffering or because of suffering. Exhaustion through work and struggle, often long struggle. Exhaustion from a long illness, physical and mental exhaustion. Not feeling any vitality, burned out, deep down exhaustion. Weary, weak, everything you do is an effort. She no longer enjoys life because she is so tired all the time. Um, so then the discussion says, people are exhausted of energy from two causes. The first is because people are parasiting, parasiting on their energy. People are draining them. Second is that they are pushing themselves with type A behavior. They're driven. Be sure that you use the appropriate remedies from these groups, which will cover the true cause of their exhaustion. Be sure to find why they have burned out and include a remedy for that. Now, if you take Olaf, the virtue will be, when you take it, you will feel to make, you get to take more nurturing time for yourself. You feel more strength, more stability, and more soundness. soundness. If you take a remedy such as Centauri, Centauri is huge. It, it, it's a... It's a remedy that I think a lot of people will, uh, will apply to them because that is just how we live in this uh, century. Let me get a little sip to drink. It's organic. Centauri. C-E-N-T-A-U-R-Y. Centauri. The description is, these are kind quiet, gentle people who are over-anxious to serve others. They overtax their own strength in their endeavors. Their wish so grows upon them that they become more servants than willing helpers. Their good nature leads them to do more than their own share of work, and in so doing, they may neglect their own particular mission in life. This is very interesting. Because how many people indeed feel this idea of codependency? And this is what this is the remedy for codependency. People who just cannot say no. Somebody's asking something and they will do it, even though they said, I really wanted to do something else. I really had to do something else, but they really need my help. And you go on and on. And so you become. Actually, you are regretting that you help the person. And that is not ideal for your own health. This will help to burn you out. So he is always willing to help. I think he's more interested in pleasing and satisfying and giving to and taking care of others than giving to himself. It's too much of a nice guy. He's a doormat. Difficulty saying no. Overgiving. Giving away somebody's power codependency she lives for him and through him a caretaker she takes care of everybody else's needs and their problems and so effortlessly pushes her own needs aside loss of identity i identify with a person until i eclipse sometimes even when i'm in a group i lose my identity or opinions 
because of the pressure or influence of others. Loss of self, weak-willed, easily influenced, feeling suppressed, cannot express the anger, um, suppression of feelings. So this is somebody who is a typical centauri person. And you want to give somebody like that this remedy. And why is it therefore under the file of exhaustion? Because when people give so much of themselves that they're not even enjoying it anymore, if you enjoy something, you will feel recharged. You just love it. And so what will Centauri do for you? It will help you to set boundaries and borders. It makes you more assertive. It protects you from overgiving. It makes you more authentic to your own feelings. It makes you more, gives you more integrity. What you feel in your heart, what you think in your mind, you speak with your lips. It helps you to develop your own identity. It taught you learn how to receive and always say, no, 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 you don't have to give me that. No, you learn how to receive. If you're always giving and you started to overgive, it becomes a problem if you cannot receive anything else back in return. It can hurt you. Shielding. Sometimes we just need to give somebody a chance to give to us because they are in the same boat that we are. We want to give. Somebody else wants to give us. Now, on a job, that's pretty easy. You get paid for what you do. Some people say, well, that is slavery. No, it is a way for the boss to return, to give you back something out of appreciation that comes in the form of money. If people always think that they work just to get by, if you, if you do the best you can, if you get, bring the best of your own personality into a job and you are getting paid for that, you can complain that you're not getting it paid enough. However, this is what is given to you from your, uh, from your employer. And so you can either decide that this is fair, this is good, that you're happy with that, it feels okay. Or you can say, I need to go to somebody who is willing to give more. And that is all free will. Nobody holds you down to a job. I don't think so. It helps to shield you, Centauri, and it helps to protect you from outside entities and energies. And that is, a, uh, that is an important thing. Now, uh, I mentioned that funny word, impatience. Let me tell you about the flower, impatience. This is for people who are quick in thought and action and who wish all things to be done without hesitation or delay. When ill, they're anxious for a hasty recovery. They find it very difficult to be patient with people who are slow as they are certain it is wrong and a waste of time and they will endeavor to make such people quicker in all ways. They often prefer to work and think alone so they can do everything at their own speed. Do you recognize yourself in that? Isn't that something? I, I love the way Dr. Bach just explains this and then how he found these flowers. So what is impatience? I just said, to those who are quick in thought and action and who wish all things to be done without hesitation or delay. When ill, they are anxious for a hasty recovery. They find it very difficult to be patient with people who are slow, as they are certain it is wrong and a waste of time. And they will endeavor to make such people quicker in all ways. 
They often prefer to work and think alone so they can do everything at their own speed. This is uh, from Dr. Edward Bach. So what are some of the symptoms? Well, hurry. Sometimes Uncle Ben is so intense, pushing, rushing, hurrying, the man puts himself in a frenzy. People who are impatient, are you impatient by nature? Are you a fast driver? Do you step on it? Impatient. Quick in action and mind. That also goes for Vervain. So Vervain is another flower in this. Frustration. When things aren't moving fast enough, things are going too slow. Often Roland's frustration would turn into anger and rage, especially when he wanted to nurse. Roland's emotional, Roland is an emotional, intense bundle of a baby. Look at that, even at a young age. People who want things to get done without hesitation or delay. Somebody who lives off of one's lists for daily achievement, the type A personality. No value in relaxation. I can sleep when I'm dead. People who say that. There is always pressure to be doing something. You cannot relax. You're always tense all the time. You always feel you have to accomplish something. You're never, it's never okay to just rest. When working with others, they feel that others are too slow and are wasting time. Mom always tries to hurry us up. She says, we're moving too slow. Preferring to work alone at your own pace. And people become irritable. So what does impatience help you with? You take the drops of the flower impatience. You learn to have the energy you need without being hyper. Uh, you To let go of the pressure that you always need to be doing something. To learn to work smarter, not harder. Patience. Relax and slow down. And uh, that's really interesting. And I am uh, just seeing, I think I'm getting a remedy. Uh, oh, here is a... Here is a Question, is there a remedy, and I try to get this thing up so I can, uh, is there a remedy for addictive personalities? The, the best remedy for addictive personalities, I think, in the Bach flowers would be the crab apple. And I'll want to double check that. The crab apple is, um, the crab apple, um, You know, that's a very good question. This is a question on the text line. I heard once people who are obsessive-compulsive uh, need to do, and they, they want to cleanse, and there is often um, uh, uh, self-hatred. Uh, people who are, have an addictive personality, they often, have, they often don't like themselves, and they, uh, they do this in order to fight off the, the, the true feelings that they have yeah, and so they become addictive. They and often we see that as a uh, addictive personality or a uh, uh, obsessive compulsive. Uh, let me see here. This is the remedy of cleansing for those who feel as if they had something not quite clean about themselves. Often it is something of apparent little importance. In others, there may be a more serious disease which is almost disregarded compared to the one thing on which they concentrate. In both types, they're anxious to be free from the one particular thing which is greatest in their minds and which seems so essential to them that it should be cured. They become despondent of treatment fails. Being a cleanser, this remedy purifies wounds if the patient has reason to believe that some sort of poison has entered with must, with must be drawn out. Um, 
it's really uh, it's somebody who is just obsessive. Obsessive, he was so germ conscious, it drove me nuts. Fussy over details. Um, dislike of some of himself. Self-disgust, self-loathing, fuzziness. Um, it's a good question. I, I wonder, actually, uh, caller, uh, the person who texted me, it is important that when you have an addictive personality, there are you have to find out why that is. I do believe that crap apple would work. It's something I could maybe ask uh, Patricia when I get her on. But also, I think it could be involved with the, um, let me see here, rock water. Rock water is somebody who cannot enjoy themselves. They are a self, they, they're very hard on themselves. They never give themselves time to relax. Uh, they're very, they're so-called very self-disciplined. And people who are addictive, they, they do things in a very rigorous and rigid manner in order to, to find, you know, to, to, to self, how you call that? Um, to self punish, but at the same time, these ritualistic things that happen. And again, we go back to the crab apple. So addictive personality, interesting question. I will, I will bring that up in the next hour with Patricia. And I know we're coming close to the end of the hour here anyway. Um, I, want to tell you a few more the uh, the one that i just mentioned here uh, rock water rock water is for those who are very strict in the way they live they deny themselves many of the joys and pleasures of life because they consider it may interfere with their work they are hard masters to themselves they wish to be well and strong and active and they will do anything which they believe will keep them so they hope to be examples which will appeal to others who then may follow their ideas and be better as a result. So are you hard on yourself? Do you have enough fun? It's interesting that uh, Eric Love, in his book, where it says, are you hard on yourself? He also writes down in parentheses the word pine. The flower from the pine tree, the flowers from the pine tree are dealing with people who have guilt feelings. And again, when somebody is addictive, there is a uh, there is something going on in the personality that is a self that is a feeling of guilt, and um, that is that is very well uh, possible to to therefore fight yourself by becoming so hard on yourself. So there is this kind of self punishing going on. Do you have enough fun? Is a question that you have to ask yourself, and that if you don't have enough fun then you re really need to rock water. Uh, being, giving yourself self-denial, it feels like it's an indulgence to take time off. These are all type A personalities, hard masters to themselves, strict with the self, high ideals. Um, are you self-critical? Here we go again. So this is interesting information and uh, rock water will help you to loosen up, forgive yourself, reduce stress and find humility. Folks, we're going to take a break for the news. When I come back, I'm going to talk to Patricia Kaminsky. So stay tuned. You stay tuned for that. You will enjoy this uh, as I am looking forward to it. So we'll be right back. Here we are, folks. Uh, second hour and the third hour of this program today. Gesundheit with Jacobus. I'm your, ho your, co your host, Jacobus Holloway. The second and third hour, we're going to be talking about flower essence 
Services, F-E-S. It's a, it's a uh, beautiful business, uh, very colorful, very detailed um, of flowers, different flower therapies. Uh, we talked about the Bach flower in the first hour. My guest, Patricia Kaminsky, can tell us even a lot more about the Bach, but she has done so much more in all her work with flower therapies. Uh, it's it's a very impressive, and I, uh, I'm very happy she is here. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Patricia's love for plants and animals began during childhood, which roots on a with roots on a 1,000-acre diversified farm in central Nebraska. At the University of Nebraska, she helped design and majored in the first women's studies program, and she helped found a unique counseling center for women students at that university. Patricia first discovered the remarkable effectiveness of the English flower remedies in helping children with learning problems such as dyslexia and then in a counseling program for juvenile offenders. She has studied widely in the fields of teaching, healing, and plant science, including Waldorf education and Goethean plant science. Patricia is currently active as a flower essence teacher and counselor, and she administrates the Society's Research and Practitioners Programs. She has written Flowers That Heal, a book, Flowers That Heal, which describes the fundamental principles of flower essence therapy. Patricia Kaminsky and Richard Katz are married and professional partners who manage Flower Essence Services, or FES, which produces flower essences and herbal products at TerraFlora, their 27-acre biodynamic garden and wildlife sanctuary in the northern Sierra foothills of Nevada City, California. Not a very big town, by the way. Patricia Kaminsky is also the executive director of the Flower Essence Society, a nonprofit sister organization devoted to building a worldwide collegium of flower essence practitioners who conduct clinical and field research, teach and publish, about flower essence therapy. Patricia developed the curriculum for the FES Professional Certification Program in Flower Essence Therapy, now taught by many teachers throughout the world. Patricia and Richard are authors of numerous articles and publications about flower essences, including the best-selling Flower Essence Repertory, now in its fifth edition, and translated into six different languages around the world. Richard and Patricia have traveled extensively, giving seminars throughout the world on flower essence therapy. There are several ways that you can get a hold of what you are about to learn today. There is an 800 number. That is 800-548-0075. 548-0075. For product and customer service, you can go to fesflowers.com. fesflowers.com. For articles and upcoming classes, you can go to flowersociety.org. Flowersociety.org. I tell you, Patricia, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the phone with me. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. Well, thank, thank you for having me. It sounds cold there. It's a little nippy, but the dry temperature <laughs> over here is uh, makes it all worth it. 
it's no fun to be working outside, and I feel for all those who have to. But in general, uh, last week we were down to one or two degrees, and then all of a sudden it is 30, and everybody takes the layers off, and you see people walking in shorts and T-shirts. It's you guys are tough out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we fight with grizzlies over here. <laughs> on every on Sunday mornings, I I want to thank uh, Jan Lynch, uh, who is a little flower herself, uh, working at the Gazuntai Nutrition Center, uh, to help me set up this uh, this show with you. Uh, she is very passionate about the flowers herself, and I just uh, appreciate her work uh, for to to get you and I together. Well, thank you, Jan. I hope to meet you sometime. Oh, you will. You will definitely do that. Uh, she's not in the studio. I told her, maybe you want to be in the studio, but I guess it just didn't work out. And she gets busy in the weekend uh, doing things. You know, I was going to ask you, you and I have been trying to connect already in the early spring. And uh, then you just got so busy. And part of it had to do with the amazing, I should say amazing, weather pattern that California has been witnessing this uh, this whole year, 2017. Uh, tell me a little bit about how things are going and how your work and your farm or your 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 uh, business has been affected by the weather. Well, actually, um, we haven't been affected in an adverse way. Oh, but weather is definitely always on the radar around here. You know, California is often called se- the, the place of seven states. Because we have the desert, we have the foothills, we have the high Sierras, we have the rainforest up north, we have the valley, which is very, um, that's where all the farming is done, Um, and the oak savanna. It's just an amazing, uh, diverse um, territory for as for being one state, it really has all these different aspects. You bet. Now, what we experienced here in California was the um, a terrible drought, and that does happen periodically to California. Yeah. And so we broke that drought last winter with abundant rains, wonderful rains. All of our uh, high um, Sierra mountains were laden with snow and just a wonderful event. I could not join you last spring because we were in the desert um, celebrating and doing research and making medicines at a time when there were just incredible blooms of flowers, Uh, probably once every 10 years, Mm -hmm. that kind of level of bloom happens. And so there we were. I just couldn't, uh, couldn't get away to do a do the interview with you. And now that we come to autumn, as you know, California was hit here in northern California with horrible fires. Yes. Um it's and uh, but now the weather has turned yeah. again to uh, rainy. So okay. we're okay. Really now with with plants you usually say uh, when it is dry, so don't overwater your plants because then the roots don't grow deep. Is mm-hmm. that uh, similar with what we're talking about with your flowers, that uh, when it is dry, when you have such a dry spell, that, of course, it is hard for flowers, but at the same time, does it make the plant that is growing on stronger? 
Well, it does, and that's why some of the plants that we work with that are marvelous healers are in the desert, because see. you see those plants have adapted themselves over eons of time yeah. to weather all kinds of diversity. Although we work with plants, as I said, from every spectrum of what might grow, um, but the thing that we need to also remember here in California is fire is our friend. Now, I know that it's horrible when these terrible disasters happen. Oh, absolutely. But, but fire actually is a form of fertility for the earth. Yes. And uh, so we have to remember when we see these fire events, we will often also see tremendous regeneration of the earth in those same places. So we do have to see, despite all the suffering, there's a silver lining in any event like this. They yes. are part of how nature works out here in yes. the Sierras. Yes. Do you feel, by the way, that uh, fires need to be better controlled, or do you say, um, let it burn? Well, no, I think... Human life is pretty important. We're yeah. going to have to, you know, we're going to have to put out fires. But what we've got to do here in California is learn how to live uh, in such a way that um, these big fire fuels don't happen. The U.S. Forest Service has had a no-burn policy here, and it really isn't, I don't think, very wise. Uh, we've had 100 years of fire suppression. Now we've got big fuel loads in our forests. Maybe the same is true in Montana. Yeah. You know, we have got to get into our forests and maintain them so that we don't have what are called the big crown fires or the really disastrous events where there's so much fuel load on the ground yes. that the fires become killing yes. rather than healing. I see. And so that's, that's, I think we have to really look at a different policy. We, California and the United States spend a lot of money right now on fire. Yes. Um, heroic fire yeah. events. Yes. But we're not doing enough to mm. maintain and, uh, as I would say, prevent these big fire events. So yeah. that's, I think, on the agenda for California, and I'm going to guess most of the West. Yeah. Folks, uh, you listen to Gesundheit with Jacobus. Uh, Patricia Kaminsky is my guest in this and in the next hour. We're talking about Flower Essence Services which is her business, FES, these uh, amazing flowers, the flower, the, the power of the flowers, the healing power, uh, is available in different places over here in town. Uh, we have met the Gesundheit Nutrition Center, a, a very broad line. I think we, have a, we, we carry quite a bit of, uh, of your line, maybe even everything. Um, but in the first hour, Patricia, I was talking about the Bach flower therapies. I started explaining more about who Dr. Bach was, Edward Bach, and then some of the flowers, just to give people a, a, a hint of what is uh, possible and what his research was. I know that you, it said in the introduction, you learned about the English flowers. The, the Bach flowers are from Great Britain, England. You learned about it. What is what have you learned is the difference between the Bach and the flower essences? Well, first of all, the Bach flowers are incredibly important to us, and we continue to research them. Yes. Um, so those were developed during the time of the Great Depression. 
Dr. Bach was quite an accomplished medical practitioner who had first worked in traditional medical system and then also was well-recognized and published in, in the homeopathic tradition, which is huge in England. And then he left all of that. Now, it, it's really quite courageous if you can imagine somebody in the middle of the Depression who was well-set with an enormously successful career. He left all of that and returned to Wales. And, uh, and really, in that time of so much anxiety, we're talking about the aftermath of the First World War. We're talking about the great flu epidemic that killed more people than the war did. Yes. And we're talking about the tremendous fear and anxiety of so many people who had no, no, uh, no work. And the shell shock, what is now the PT- shell shock. PTSD. That was one yeah. of the places where Dr. Bach recognized we have got to create a new medicine that works on the interface of mind and body. So he went back to Wales, uh, near where he himself had, had his own family roots, yeah. and worked pro bono um, in and listened to the kind of suffering people had, and gradually developed a collection of remedies. Now, what I want to say to answer your question, then, is that work goes on today. Our our essences are not so much different as they are an extension of the spectrum. So Mm -hmm. we find that there are so many issues that need attention in our time that perhaps we're not as central to Dr. Bach's focus. He has a lot of remedies for depression, which are very, very important. Our work also um, looks at the kind of anxiety of the high technological cultures, alienation, um, many, many issues around addiction, around relationship, around identity of self. Yes. Um, around the whole question of male-female identity. Yeah. There are so many issues in our time. Um, children, what is happening with children. Yes. Um, the We say attention deficit disorder, but it's really, there's so much that our modern children are experiencing that needs help. We also work extensively with um, animal practitioners. Our mm-hmm. remedies are huge in the animal healing community. Yes. So basically well, we so many animals take work. on yeah, so many animals take on the energy from their owner, right? They uh, they Absolutely. feel that, you know, and it goes back and yeah. forth. So they can work at the healing part but at the same time they take on the energy. So that is that is rough. And and then when you look at the children, I think there is so much overstimulation it is very easy to to see a child being completely distracted by everything that's going on, and then we diagnose it. Uh, I've had a show here about ADHD, and it is the, the diagnosis is not even done by a medical doctor. It's pretty much done by the school teacher or by the lunch lady or by the, the, the librarian who says, uh, that kid cannot sit still, must be ADHD, and before you know it, they're being medicated because there is no official diagnosis for it. Um, for ADHD, so children are being medicated for something that is just a spontaneity in themselves that comes out and an overstimulation. Uh, I mean, the effect of over, for being overstimulated. And uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think the drugging of our children is one of the big 
conversations we need to have, not Absolutely. only in the United States, but throughout the world. Yes. And so we're talking about, these are, these are human beings who haven't even fully developed their brain structures, their, their basic life organs, and they're being given really dangerous pharmaceutical drugs. Yes, that haven't and been th- tested in the long a run. Huge, a huge issue. Yes. I mean, we're, we've, we finally opened up a conversation about the use of opioids Yes, and how the pharmaceutical industry and the medical colluded to really uh, create a crisis in this country. But there are many, many other unspoken conversations that need to move to front, front and center Yes. One of them being the drugging of our children. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there is, by the way, a great documentary. It's called The Drugging of Our Children um, by... Oh, I hadn't seen that yet. By Gary Null. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can look it up on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half, but it's a, an amazing... It's a, it's already maybe 10 years old, but it is still very, very up-to-date, in my opinion. Um, Gary Null, PhD, you go on YouTube... So the, um, you know, I, I actually want to ask you, and I think it maybe helps all of us, if you can explain, and I don't know how much time we have in this first half hour, but let, let's get started on it. How do you find these flowers? Uh, I mean, there are flowers everywhere. Somebody called up earlier and said, well, you're from the Netherlands originally. You guys have a lot of flowers. Well, yeah, we got a bunch of tulips and we got a lot of great flowers but, and daffodils and stuff, but... The flowers we're talking about, they're really special. And I, I want to have an understanding how somebody like yourself and your husband, how you just look at a field of flowers and say, now those will be great for anxiety. I mean, how do you start with something like that? Okay, well, it's not quite that simple. No. And that's why we have, <laughs> and by the way, I just want to say, one of our great colleagues for many decades now, from Zalberg actually comes here to make a wild tulip essence. It's, it's oh, kind of an inside joke. <laughs> you know, uh, they've got all the tulips. But you see, those uh, many of those tulips have been so hybridized yeah. that they, they have lost some of the innate character that a wildflower would have. Now, we do also mm-hmm. work with cultivated flowers, absolutely, but... What we're looking for are the healing properties in a plant. And, you know, our work is not that much different than Dr. Bach. What no. Dr. Bach did is he, he walked with the plants and he listened to people. Um, there's, it's a time-oriented process. Now, we're working also, we've established a worldwide network of practitioners who will also... Um, test remedies on a research basis with us. Yeah. The wonderful thing about our work is there's no harm. If a remedy doesn't doesn't work for you, you sim- it simply doesn't register. It doesn't have a resonance, right. so to say. Right. And so we're able to do wonderful research that um, helps us to recognize properties of plants, but that work also begins with ourselves. I have been a nature girl from the beginning. I was kind of born out of the womb, loving nature. Yeah. And so um, it's kind of like having a green thumb. 
Yes. And maybe it's an extension yep. of that. I One just that. gets a feeling for plants, a kinesthetic sense mm-hmm. of what they do and how they, they um, you know, the form, the color, where they grow, what season they grow. Let me give you a quick example that yeah. I think any listener out there could get a feeling for. What, I, what um, I would suggest, Patricia, that we wait with that till we come back from the break. And then you have plenty of time to explain that because we have the music playing. we got to go Absolutely. off the air. So uh, hold on to that, uh, folks. Patricia Kaminsky from Flower Essence Services is with me on the program today. We're talking about flower therapies. Uh, the uh, It's a very fascinating topic. If you want to know more about that, you can call the business over there. It's 800-548-0075. 548-0075. You can go to FES Flower Essence Services. FESflowers.com. You can go to flowersociety.org for articles and upcoming classes. Flowersociety.org. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned, please. Right before the break, you were mentioning that you wanted to explain how the process of making a flower therapy is coming about. Yes, and so, um, well, let me just segue, because somebody had asked you about walnut, black walnut in particular, but you know Dr. Bach has a walnut remedy. He does. And one of the ways we can understand remedies is to understand herbal properties of them, but also to take that up a level. Because what the flower essences are is really a non-material form of medicine. They work. They, there's all kind of physical healings that they produce. But they work, as I said, on that interface of mind-body. So walnut is a good example. We've known for probably several millennia that walnut is an anti-parasite remedy. In other words, the physical walnut yes. will dispel parasites. Now, Dr. Bach, whether or not that's in any writing he had, obviously had an intuitive sense for that because he developed the walnut remedy from the English walnut to help us break links. So what we can see is sometimes those attachments aren't necessarily at the level of a parasite in the body itself, but they're at the level of our thinking, our mental field. Mm. And we just can't move on. We're making them at the level of the flower essence so that we can get into these more subtle structures, set of circumstances. I see. Uh And so that's just right in box system. If you want to send me an email... And with your phone number, and I just call you back after the program. Now, let me give you then an example of an early remedy we developed, and okay. it's one that I wish Dr. Bach had been able to use. Yeah, let me, let me, let me do this, Patricia. We have a caller on hold who has a question mm-hmm. for you. Shall we get the question first, and then we'll explain, because otherwise they may hang up on this. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining us today. What's your name? How can we help you? Hi, my name is Renee. Hi, Renee. Um I'm actually calling not on this subject. Oh. I apologize. I can call back at another time if that's appropriate. Sure. I mean, I don't know what okay. it is, but maybe you can just say what it is about, and then I'll be glad to uh, maybe get back with you later. Um, it's about heart health and heart health. Under, okay. undergoing a, a procedure on Tuesday. All right. Uh, do you have time 
to come to the store this afternoon? Are you in this area or are you out of state? Well, actually, I'm in Akron, Ohio. Wow. <laughs> um, that is really powerful. That is so nice of you to call in. But yeah, well, not unless Patricia, you want to say anything about the heart, but you're probably looking at something uh, more specific, Renee. Well, yeah. Renee, are you going in for medical uh, surgery? Um, they're doing a heart catheterization to see if I um, need a stent or um, bypass. May I share with you my own personal? I was the Anytime. guinea pig yes. many, many years ago for that a situation like that. Is that you be as calm and as uh, equanimous as possible uh, because that really affects not only this, the the success of any test or procedure that you might have, but it also just obviously makes it a lot easier for you. And there's a, there's a remedy that we use a lot for those kind of situations. It's called YES, Yarrow Environmental Solution. Mm-hmm. And that helps when you're going into challenging environments. And I think any of us, our blood pressure probably goes up a little bit whenever we get into a hospital, just feeling the anxiety, knowing that other people are there who are suffering. We can often sort of absorb everything around us. Yeah. So I would recommend just even when you're going for that procedure to use a remedy like Yarrow Environmental Solution, just to help you navigate through that. Do okay. you have a, Do you have a, a health food store in your area, Renee? I do. I do. I have several. Do they have? They do carry. They have they the flowers. We can't. Hmm. That's why box work is about the mind body interface. We we get for what FES is. So FES is what Patricia is talking about. It's called Flower Essence Service. Services okay. and it is an, an expansion on the Bach flowers. And then also, if you've only got the Bach remedies, the one good remedy to always have on you everywhere for anything is what we call the five flower. It's also called the rescue remedy. Rescue, yes. And that will also provide just an enormous amount of stability. Um, but I would say that even if you don't have it, Try to work into that mental frame work because you see, again, we're talking mind-body. And so right. the substances on these subtle levels really help, but we can also, um, even without remedy, start thinking in that direction, start orienting oneself into a place of calm and clarity. So... Um, I, I hope you can find this substance, but even if not, that would be my my advice. Right. Thank you so much for your answers today. I really appreciate those. All right. Thank well, and we wish you all good the luck, best. Good luck, Renee. Thank you. Okay. Thank bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. All right, Patricia. Tell us more about the remedies, how you make them. Okay. So, um, shall I give an example of one? Please. You bet. Yeah, so we just mentioned the Yarrow Environmental Solution. Um, The Yarrow is one of our most well-known remedies. Uh So we have it in a particular formula, but we also have several varieties of Yarrow. And Yarrow is a remedy that, again, goes way back in human history. It's actually named after Achilles, 
Oh. Achillea millifolium um, is hearkening back to the Greek idea of the Greek warrior who had the Achilles heel, meaning that place of vulnerability that um, was his ultimate downfall as a warrior. And all of us have, so to say, that Achilles heel somewhere in us. Yes. And um, may I share with you my own personal? I was the Anytime. guinea pig yes. many, many years ago for that remedy. Yes. For the pink yarrow uh-huh. version of it. And how that happened was when I first met Richard, I was living um, with a, 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 and helping a woman on her land that was having a very difficult pregnancy. And she wanted to have a home birth. Therefore, she said, can you be there for me? You know, I was kind of her helper in all kinds of ways. I said, yes, I will be. Well, this is the, before the day of cell phones, and uh-huh. so I was quite a distance away. And uh, she went into labor early. Yes. Probably, although I don't know if it was the moment or within minutes that she started to go into labor, I was so attuned to her and so much in her field of consciousness that I am, I fell over and began to have very severe menstrual cramps. Really? Something that had never, it's not in my biological um, history at all. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it was a premature, it wasn't a time where I should have even been having menstrual bleeding. But... Um, you know, yarrow is called the great voluntary remedy. It, it deals with a lot of um, bleeding kinds of uh, wow. episodes. Wow. And so Richard, my husband, had always has his remedies with him and tested me, and there was only one that tested. He does that through a process called kinesiology. Yes. And so the remedy that tested is pink yarrow, and he said, you're tuning, you're, you're absorbing somebody else's field of energy. In Mm. other words, my body was trying to simulate um, my friend who was actually giving birth. Yes. He gave me the pink yarrow, and within moments, literally, my, the pain, uh, because I was almost doubled over. Yes. Was, was completely gone. And then I could actually put myself together and get back to where I needed to be, which is to be with her. So that's an example of a remedy, pink yarrow, that is used when we become dysfunctional because what we do um, out of the compassion or connection we have for somebody, we take on their field of energy so much that we can't function within our own. Wow, yes. This is a huge remedy. For instance, many animals we were mentioning um, many animals will replicate if their companion, their caretaker has, uh, say, for instance, cancer. Yes. We see cancer or something like it in the animal. Um, so children do this. Mommy and daddy are getting a divorce. Right. Uh, suddenly this little child has a skin disorder they have stomach disorder, et cetera, and, you know, the doctor's saying, we can't find the reason for this. We've done a gastrointestinal, um, you know, not only this, the, the success of any test or procedure that you might have, 
that child has absorbed all the tension and all the stress over mom and dad fighting for this child in court. Yes. Etc. I could mm. give you so many examples. So that's one of the remedies that is really well known in our system. Yes. And you can see these qualities in the flower itself. It, it, it forms a kind of humble shape. And so you get the sense when you see that flower how it forms a kind of protective mantle. Really? As it were. Huh. That's why it's called an umbelliferae. Um, well, it's not an umbelliferae. There's a, there's a whole plant family called that, but it's called an umble shape because it has this kind of net um, in the gesture of the flower itself. Also, the flowers are very... T- oh. Achillea millifolium um, is hearkening back to the Greek idea of rebuilds these structures around somebody that have become too absorbent, too porous. And again, just saying it from a herbal level, that's why this remedy was called a, a staunch for wounds. In other words, in the old herbal tradition, one would take the yarrow and put it on a wound to stop it bleeding. Yeah. Or to help somebody, it it, it was used, for instance, women that would would bleed too much. Yes. um, After giving birth or... Wonderful. Yeah, you bet. So the the email is Jacobus, and it is spelled J-A-C. When that is not a physiological event, it can be a very huge psychological event. So in a way, uh, I'm trying to visualize this a little bit. When you talk about the shape of a flower, that is a physical manifestation of what the energy pattern is, which is much larger. So you are visualizing somebody surrounded by this flower and the flower energy, the energy or the essence of that flower will have that that healing and protective effect around the individual, even though the flower by itself may be pretty small physically. So the energy is expanding and does the work on a level that we cannot always see with the eye. Right. You know, to understand this work, I think we have to jump out of a materialistic paradigm. Um, Another time, if that's appropriate. Sure. I mean, I don't know what it is, but maybe you can just say what it is about Spiritually, for instance, Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. Intelligence informs this, the material world. And so what we, we can't just say plants are just some kind of botanical, chemical um, array. They actually have much, much deeper information in them that we can tap into by learning how to see them and also test them from the point of view of these much larger fields of energy. Yes, yes. And so this is one of the things that's hard to get around in our culture with regard to flower essence therapy because we we want to only understand it materially, and we can't. Hmm. That's why box work is about the mind-body interface. We, we get tremendous physical healings from these remedies, but we treat the, the patient, not the disease. 
I, I, yeah, and, and I totally with you. We cannot, um, there is times, there are times when you will have to work on the physical body uh, when there is an injury or something. But Oh, absolutely. But the, I always say that if I'm in a car wreck, you take bet. me to a hospital, not a flower essence therapist, except give me some five flower while I'm getting over there. That's right. It, it, in other words, we need, it's not a matter of an either-or, we need the incredibly sophisticated medical technology we have, but it's not getting into the deeper levels of yes. the human soul. Yes. And the only, then we have the other alternative in our culture is these very intense um, psychiatric drugs that are synthetic chemicals, Yes. That do so much damage. I mean, you only have to buy one of these, get the little piece of paper that goes with it that is folded out to this tiny, <laughs> small print language about yes. all the ways that yes. you can die taking the medicine. Yes. It's just not the answer. You're right. We are just not deficient in a prescription drug. We're not deficient in it. And it, it is so localized in one area, and it is the intensity on that one area, in this case of the brain, is so intense that it literally strips the energy out of other parts of the body. And that's why people become fatigued, or they use the libido, or they have just, they have no muscle strength, or they start having itching on the skin, or whatever it is that is the side effect. Another caller on hold, uh, Patricia Kaminsky, who is my guest today. Let's take a look. Uh, let's l listen to what he or she has to say. Good morning to you, caller. What's your name? How can Hello. we help you? Yes, my name is Lola. Lola, good morning. Yes, good morning. I'm wondering if there's help for high blood pressure with the flower essence. Oh, interesting. Well, again, when uh, somebody presents with high blood pressure, which is very common, we're going to take an inventory and try to understand what is happening in that person's life because there's not a remedy, and that's also, by the way, FDA would not want us to say that we're healing high blood pressure. In other words, that's a medical term. Right. But we see high blood pressure all the time, and it's generally speaking, it's various forms of stress and tension. We have one particular remedy that is very, very good in general for that, and it's called benediction. Um, benediction is a oil-based formula that it also there's also a roll-on that goes with that, and we put it right on the heart, and that is usually where we need to begin with all kinds of uh, vascular issues, including high blood pressure. We need to get the heart stabilized. Hmm. And so that remedy called benediction is one of the ones that we will use. It has holly in it. It has hawthorn oh, in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A number of remedies that are well known to nourish the heart. Uh, but again, we're making them at the level of the flower essence so that we can get into these more subtle structures. Hmm. However, what I would do also, Lola, if, if I were working with you, is I'd want to know a lot more than just that you had high blood pressure. I'd want to listen for a while to what's going on in your life. I see. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. 
So are you going to put the contact information out so that folks can contact you? Well, of course. You bet. Yeah, we have, uh -huh. we have several ways to do that. Uh, if you have any question you want to call about, Lola, it's 800-548-0076. Five four eight zero zero seven five. If you have any questions about product, products or customer service, go to FES, which stands for Flower Essence Services, FESflowers.com. And if you want to read articles and learn more about upcoming classes, go to flowersociety.org. Flowersociety.org. Great. All right. Thanks for the call. We got to go. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. All right, uh, Patricia, stay put. We're going to be right back after the break. The understanding, you mentioning a, a remedy called benediction, and you mentioned it is an oil-based product. It is a, uh, a combination of different flowers that people can use for heart and when you mention an oil-based product, I, I want to understand when we talk about herbs, we can do a, an, an, an oil extraction and a water-based extraction to get all the nutrients out of the herb. I know that this is usually water-based when you talk about flowers. Um, is that correct? I mean, how do you make a flower essence? Is that you soak them in water like a tea? Okay, so this is from Dr. Bach. That's his original genius. He wanted to actually create a remedy that was made right in nature. Okay. You know, even in, in herbal um, remedies, we, we gather the substance, we dry it, we macerate it, we tincture it, etc. Yeah. But his idea was to go back into nature and make completely what we want to call living remedies. And those, those living remedies are within the matrix of what we want to call the four elements. We're not talking about the elements of the periodic table. We're talking about the fundamental um, earth, air, water, and fire. Yes, so yes. A, a remedy is collected right in the matrix where it's growing mm. because that is pure life. Right. That is where that remedy flourishes. It's going to be prepared on a day when we have the warmth, the sunshine. It, the water is going to be collected from the local region where that plant grows. Yes. And it needs to be a very pure, vibrant water that is, is uh, you know, uh, consonant with that plant. The bowl is set in the open air because, again, the air is alive. The oh. air is part of the larger body, so to say, of the plant. Yes. And it's set right on the earth. So earth, air, fire, water, that is the way a remedy is made. And then there's a fifth ingredient, which in, is called the quintessential ingredient, and that is the human heart. The ability to come into a field of flowers and feel the reverence, feel the thanksgiving, feel that we really are a part of creation. We're not just taking a thing so we can grow rich or have some other 
aspect of our private self satisfied. Mm -hmm. We are really there in living creation. And that really is the fifth element, is that the human heart comes into a place of thanksgiving and reverence. Right. And when that is there, then we that's how we make a remedy. It, it actually, I mean, on a material level, we, we throw some flowers in a bowl of water. I mean, that would be sure. how we would boil it down if we were talking about it materially. But spiritually, it's a huge task to make flower essences because it, it requires a devotion that is not that common in our modern culture. Right. That is so amazing. It makes total sense. But who would right. think and about you know, that? This is, I grew yeah. up with a Polish grandmother, and this is the way, um, when, you, when you go into the traditional cultures, this is what was always there. My grandmother would always say, now before we pick this, let's say a prayer and be thankful that we have this corn or these potatoes or this vegetable. Yes. Um, and that is something that kind of entered my blood as a child, fortunately. Yes. To try to see creation as something that is being given to us mm. from the spiritual world and that we ought to be grateful and thankful. Yes. Wow. This is something that totally intrigues me uh, because I know that's the way it works. That's what life is all about. And uh, we are human beings. Uh, well, <laughs> we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Pihard de Chardin said that, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so true. It is. It is. You know, and, and that is... this is the thing, the real sickness, I think, that underlies almost all disease in our time is the lack of awareness for the larger picture. Well, it is that we have to, uh, we, we have the right to take dominion over the earth, but at the same time, we are passing through. Uh, it is, mm -hmm. uh, we, are, uh, we are born, and by the time we are able to walk and understand, uh, we're passing through what this world is, and then when our time is done, the world is still here, and things are still growing before and after we are, we were here. And, uh, you know, to me, therefore, to, to the way you describe this and, and what you learned from your grandmother, and then how you do this, that you put these flowers, you pick them, leave the bowl with water over there, and just let them do their thing where they're grown, and uh, where they have been growing, and... Um, and not disrupt that. Um, when you, that's, it's beautiful. I really appreciate that explanation. That's very well powerful. Um, how, uh, when you, how big a bowl do you use and, and how much flowers do you put in there? Is it? Uh, well, that depends on the, the plant. Oh. So if we're, if we have a huge flowering plant, say for instance, a sunflower, yeah, that's one reality. But if we have a plant that is really tiny and minuscule, it's going to be a small bowl. Um, these are pure crystal bowls because we want to get the absolute oh. radiance of light captured in water. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so that, that then sun infuses and becomes a substance, the mother substance, from which we then create the stock dilution. 
and the stock dilution is what is generally available to the public. Yes. And so, yeah, so it's a work. That's how I got into this, along with my husband. We love plants. Yeah, it is obvious. We, and we're, we've been blessed with good health, and we love to hike. We, we love to be out in nature, and that's the, uh, the blessing of our work. Are you All the see- rest of it is trimmings. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you seeing when you travel in a season where flowers should be at a peak? Do you see that plants are diseased? That they are taking on the energy of the planet, or that they that you say the color isn't there this year, or their strength isn't well, there this year? Yes, we do. Having done this work for several decades, I can tell you that our planet is definitely changing. But nevertheless, God is good, I always say, and there is still so much that is given to us as human beings that blesses us and that is healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to sometimes look a little harder uh, to find these plants. And also, of course, we have our own gardens here. Yeah. And we've created a, a wonderful matrix. Anybody who comes here can feel it the minute you sort of step onto the property. Yeah. And so we also make a, 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 our medicines here, and we have our headquarters here in uh, Nevada City. Yeah. But um, I'm not a pessimist. So my point of view is... Um, we're never given more than we can handle. Right now, human beings are challenged. Mm-hmm. Where we've we've stepped out. You, you mentioned dominion. You see, but dominion actually uh, that comes from the word dome, and dominion mm-hmm. means that we know that the dome of heaven is over us here on earth. Yeah, and so to have dominion means to be a steward, to be a caretaker to care, to take care for what we have. Um, mm-hmm. And so that would be my philosophy. That's what we have to wake up to, is our role as having dominion, meaning having the responsibility to care and to see and to appreciate what we've been given. I see. Wow, yeah. That's that's amazing. Now, within within your twenty seven acre area that you that you and your husband have, uh, are you able to grow all your flowers that you use right there, or you have to reach out farther? No, we have our core here, and we have a number of remedies we make. Plus, all of our work is done here. All mm-hmm. of the substances are housed here, and we have a a very special way of working with those substances to potentize them and so forth. Yes. But we, as I said, our work spans a quite a large geography hmm. because we're, we're also out in the wild in so many different areas collecting these very precious wildflowers. How many are there? In our work? You bet. Um, well, we have around about 100 different remedies, but then we have different formulations of those same 100. Yes. Um, and, and there's even more of them that are still under research. Yes. yes. And so we have, you know, what I was going to say, in fact, just as I was sitting here, we had a doctor 
who's reporting to us from Costa Rica, who's been given a big research project there. She's working with Children's Villages International, also in Nicaragua, with foster home children. And this is a huge project. We're talking about 60 caretakers, 280 children. Um, So our work is also this network of practitioners who are using these remedies or who ask us for more and different remedies as they see new situations developing. And so that that is really also how our work is growing. It grows in response to the society of practitioners that we have around the world. Yes. So there is, uh, um, because of all the, the studies that you have done and the lectures you've given and the courses you have taught, you have a able you've been able to inspire other people around the world to start looking in their area if there are flowers that uh, that are either similar but because they grow on a different continent uh, they may have a slight variation of the uh, emotional uh, effects on the body well yes there are people who are throughout the world investigating the remedies that grow around them but in this case also we have practitioners who don't feel that's their life mission. What they're doing is they are working, you know, right in the in the clinical work with clients. And in that case, we're supplying the remedies okay. to them. Yes. So, um, so our remedies are actually used around the world, as are Dr. Box, even yes. though they originated in England, ours originate here. They actually are doing good work around the world. Mm. And I always say when people think of Hollywood putting out movies into the world, some of which are questionable, I would say, in this time (laughs) and age, I always say, well, there's another California that's putting out wildflowers into the whole planet. Yes. So uh, hopefully we're redeeming some of California's more, um, uh, should we say, questionable side at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So that the point is is that our work is always a marriage between what we're doing in the field and what is happening clinically around the world. What are the human needs? Yes. And so so our work has grown in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also really huge in the work of uh, disaster relief. Oh, wow. Yes. And so uh, let me just give you a quick example of that. Um, you perhaps you recall the Sichuan earthquake about, I think that was about in six China. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A huge event in China, actually, which wasn't that well broadcast here because there was a lot of scandal connected with that. China has developed so rapidly that many of their buildings were built in a substandard way. So oh, we yeah. had whole school villages of children who died, mm. which never got out into the news. We had practitioners working in that who were also able to work through the International Red Cross. And that work was so important that we have developed a line of remedies called the Flourish Remedies. And there are 12 really basic remedies that are then um, combinations of flower essences. And we had one medical doctor in particular from Taiwan who was able to form the bridge with the authorities there. And Jacobus, I just want to give you the end story, because she was able to work with um, helping the suffering not only of the villagers, but also the caregivers 
who were under such stress yes. that when this her project was evaluated in in a whole, and we're talking now, this is a communist nation. Yes. So they have rooted out anything to do with spirituality. Wow. Um, that's not known, but not much of the traditional herbal wisdom that came from the people was yes. sort of rooted out if it had any spiritual overtone, because wow, we're talking wow. about an atheistic society. You bet. However, her work was so remarkable that they said, this is like a fairy godmother who has come back to us. Hmm. And when the original, the report was was written up from the Chinese government, the, there's a whole chapter dedicated to this work called Through the Flowers We Are Marching On. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. The effect of these remedies is huge. Yeah. It, because it, the suffering is more than physical. It's psychological. Yes, and it makes believers out of people who would never thought this would be working, and all of a sudden they see it right in front of their eyes. We're going, yes. to, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, folks, we're going to finish up with Patricia Kaminsky and your calls and comments. Stay tuned, please. We appreciate your listening. We'll be right back. First hour, we focused primarily on Dr. Edward Bach and uh, his work and his, uh, his background. And then in the last two hours, we have been talking with Patricia Kaminsky. She and her husband, Richard Katz, own and operate and started Flower Essence Services. And that has grown into not just making unbelievable products that can help us with our emotions and our feelings and healing, healing physical ailments by starting the healing on the emotional level, but at the same time, they have expanded by uh, by writing articles, books. Done, they have done courses around the world. They're helping other people to understand the flowers better. So more people around the world are teaching what flowers can do in such a gentle way, but at the same time, such a powerful way that is uh, powerful, that it resonates with the energies in the body and therefore can start a healing process that would otherwise be impossible. You cannot blast your way into healing uh, for the majority of us. I mean, again, if you have an accident and something breaks, you got to get to a medical doctor. But a lot of us with our emotional imbalances, our anger issues, fear issues, domination issues, type A personalities, uh, stresses of finances, uh, the world, living with neighbors that you have issues with, living within relationship within your own family, um, work situations, those stressors can have such an effect, not just on a daily basis, but if you add it up over months and years, it starts to have an effect on our physical body. We need to learn, we need to find out how we can find that peace and calm in the cells of our body by working on the energy that surrounds us, which is proven for those of you who think, well, that's a bunch of baloney. It has been photographed many times by, uh, and it has been felt by people who have the sensitivities, and this has been scientifically proven that there is an energy field around us and around everything that is alive. So what we pick out of Mother Nature 
has an energy and we can tap into that energy and make that energy balance and tune in with our energy and actually start a healing process because it helps us where we lack something or it helps us where we have a blockage somewhere or it can help us where we have a toxin or a poison that affects our body and mind. So uh, I really appreciate that Patricia is here to explain more about that, Patricia. And I know time is short. We only got about 20 minutes. But uh, what an absolute delight to have you on the program. Well, I'm so happy to be here. And you know, Jacobus, we were talking during the break about this season that we're coming up into um, with all of the holidays and all the stresses that come from that, as Mm -hmm. well as the joy and the the wonderful uh, embrace of family, friends, and community. Yes. But we have to recognize um, that it's not necessarily a good thing for everybody, or it doesn't turn out to be a good thing. Yes. Uh, let's say we go back home and we've got forgiveness issues from family members. Yes. Uh, we've got the uncle that likes to drink, and so we join him and drink ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that happen during these times when there's so much pressure to deck the halls and, you know, we're all supposed to be jolly. Yes. It doesn't really work <laughs> out that way. No. And so we see that in the mental health field, this is a time of the most work. Um, many people I know who are in this kind of healing work that we do, uh, This is not their vacation time. No. They're really on 24-7. We have a lot of incidents of suicide, depression, um, drug overdoses, etc., because people are under even more stress. Yes. Uh, Perhaps some of that stress is light-related as well. By that, I mean actual physical light. Yes. Okay. So we we're moving into a time of the year, and you know it's interesting. You're up north there in Montana. You've got one of the highest suicide rates. We do. Why is that? I mean, I'm sure there are many answers. I don't want to give it a simplistic answer. No. Good point. But we do see that one of the triggers for depression, which can then lead over time to suicide, is light. When the light changes and when we have these cold, dark months, that's really tough for a lot of people. And it's not just a biological, it's the psychology of biology, Yes, is what I would say. And I just want to talk about a few remedies that we use to very good effect mm-hmm. during this time. One of them yeah, is please. called Illumin. Illumin. Which, Illumin. It's one of the oh, flourish remedies, yeah, okay. and that works on the ability of the body to regulate light, so to not be overly expanded by light, but also not to be constricted. And really, during this time of winter, to be able to feel that there's a core of light within oneself. Mm. Um we use another remedy called St. John's Wort, which is available as a flower essence, a standard flower essence, and also in an oil base. Okay. And the St. John's Wort, again, a classic herb known since antiquity in the Greek time, 
is really uh, the the word hypericum, which yes. is the the Latin name for that plant, means over a spirit, the protection that comes. Um, how do you, how do you call that over spirit? Well, a spirit really guarding over you. Okay, hypericum means something is higher than you that is giving its light to you. And so that remedy also became, um, it was even known then in Christian tradition as the blood of Christ. It's a beautiful red oil. Wow. And, and that oil is one that nourishes these, these internal light structures in the body and mm-hmm. helps us to, to realize that when it's cold and dark outside, we, we, we have a resource from within ourselves that we can tap into. Yes. And of course, we, we actually there's modern research showing that St. John's wort or Hypericum is a, a wonderful depression remedy. So those, those are a couple of remedies that I wanted to point to that, that are really important during this season that we're coming into. I was going to ask you, when you talk about both uh, St. John's wort as an oil and as a flower, um, how do you apply the oil? Okay, so now the oil, you can take it in a bath, okay. and that's really wonderful. You just have, a, you know, one of those wonderful, uh, and I'm sure being up there in Montana, people love their nighttime baths yes. to get all cozy and warm. Um, so that's one way. But also, the St. John's Wort oil is very good applied to the heart area, and the pulse points, any of the pulse points on the body, the ones in the wrist that we're mostly familiar with, but there's pulse points, um, you know, on the feet, um, etc. cetera. It, yeah. It's very, very good to sort of anchor that, uh, that internal cohesion of knowing I am I and having that solid within us. But this is not something you would use as a, in a diffuser or something like that? No. These okay. are not essential oils, no. although I, I also work with essential oils, by yes. the way, and yes. we marry a lot of essential oils to our flower essences and certain combinations that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the essential oils then work you know, at a, at a more sensory level. Yes. May I tell you a quick story about essential oils well, and flower essences? Yeah, you bet. One of our early colleagues, and this was back in the 1980s, was a man named Marcel Vogel. He actually, I think you might be able to find him Googling, but he actually was the person who worked as a specialist at IBM and developed the liquid crystal quartz dial. Oh, wow. So quite an amazing man, but he kept one foot in the spiritual world and one foot solidly on earth, and yes. he was one of those incredible bridge people. Yeah. Anyway, he had been aware of our essences due to his tremendous uh, spiritual sensitivity because his work with crystals was really also then a work with light. And so he invited us to a seminar that he was giving to all these top-level professional people because he, he taught people how to to really work with these light structures and crystals. And we had no idea. He said, well, now I'm going to show you how the California wild rose flower essence smells. 
Well, no one in the room could have been more skeptical than ourselves, and we, we were so embarrassed. We thought, this man doesn't understand. The flower essences have no um, aroma. Yes. They're not physically based. And he's yeah. confusing this with essential oils, yes. which many people do when they first hear about them. And so we, we actually wanted to run out of the room, but we couldn't. We were right up front. He called us up there, I mean, I, and, and he then took the way that he worked with crystals. He put some drops of the California flower essence on the crystal, and oh. the whole room had this gentle waft of a rose. Really? The smell of a rose, yes. Huh. And as I said, the rest of the, the, rest of the, the um, audience simply thought that that was an essential oil and that somehow he was magnifying the smell through the crystal. Yes. But no, he was actually doing something even more remarkable. He was able to bring the physical um, signature of the remedy through the crystal, even though it was made as a flower essence. Now, I tell that story because what we need to understand is the flower essences contain the physical signature. It's just that it's not apparent to our senses. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, wow, with flower essences, we're working yeah. at a level just beyond what we can taste, hear, smell, and see, but it's there. And then essential oils are really then creating the actual aromas that we can smell. So that's the difference. Yes. Wow, that's a, that's a powerful story. It, it was <laughs> one that changed my life because I was early on in this work, and I always had the feeling, are these real? Are they really, really real? Yes. And uh, because why can't I smell, hear, taste, touch them? Well, we can't smell, hear, taste, and touch God either. No. You know, this is the thing, is, is that we, we... And so somebody like Marcel Vogel was so important to us. We did a lot of research with him. He loved the flower essences. It's um, almost uh, it was almost an, uh, a kind of an alchemist uh, when you explain it this way that uh, two things combined create something so new and, absolutely. and, be- and beautiful yeah 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 wow so um, now I can go ahead do you want me to talk a little bit about some of the the specialty populations we work with either children or animals yeah I would love that uh, these are all so amazing and and animals they feel it too uh, and we were talking earlier about animals and and young people I mean I could I could probably do a show with you just about our young people today and the struggles they're fighting and the changes they've gone through so feel free please to explain some of that to us well I'll just give you a few examples of remedies that we use with our with our children today. One of them is the chamomile. Again, it's a remedy that is known herbally, and certainly we can use the herbal component of it. But with the chamomile, and we also have a product called Chamomile Calm, mm-hmm. um, we can go into a much deeper level of the anxiety that so many of our children are, are holding in our time. Mm. Um, that anxiety often affects, for instance, the digestion. So we have kids that, you know, won't or don't want to eat 
normal food. They they just want, you know, sweets or they want to eat on demand or whatever. Um, and to help regulate the digestive system is often the key to also regulating the child's sleep uh, rhythms and then emotional rhythms. So that is one of the the, the remedies we we use a lot wow. for children. Yeah. Another one that we use is, is dill. Oh, really? Yes. Now, dill is known. Uh, I, I'm from the Polish culture. Our dill pickles, that was a great, yes. a great way also to uh, digest food with a, a good old Polish pickle. But <laughs> yes, the dill right. has a much, uh, also is used for so much of what we call the overwhelm in the sensory system of our children. You know, we childhood used to be so much simpler. You, mm. you played outside. You weren't going back and forth in a car. You didn't have play dates all the way across town. Um, we've, we've, we're really, many of our children are suffering from what I would call sensory overload. Absolutely. They, they've yeah. got their, their phones plugged into their ears. They've got TV on. They've got all this movement. And the quiet and the containment is really missing in so many of our children. Mm. And then they will flip later on over into a lot of sullen withdrawal, but that actually is a kind of almost flip, uh, a polarity from the tremendous overwhelm that that the younger children experience constantly. So dill is another big remedy for children. Absolutely. And uh, should I... You want me to go on with, oh, yeah. with some more for children yeah, or for absolutely. animals? Any, anything you want to do. I just, just, I'm just taking it all in. I think it is absolutely fascinating. Well, we have a remedy. Uh, oh, I, I, want to, I want to ask you one question because I, in the first hour, I was explaining how you can make a Bach flower remedy as far as uh, you take the drops and put them in, mix them with water, and then you take it. And I tell people usually take like a dropper bottle a glass dropper bottle, and then uh, let's say in a one ounce, you put like five or six drops and of whatever remedy you have. Or if you use a combination, use like five or six drops of each remedy, then add clean water to it, shake it up, and then take the pipette or the dropper and fill it up, uh, squeeze it a couple of times and put it in your mouth and either hold it there or swallow uh, how do you, people take the FES uh, flower essences? Well, that's the basic. What you just described okay. is the good basic way. But here's oh. what I want to say. With kids, we love to use the spray bottles. Okay. So many of our kids now, because they're medicated or because there's so many different sort of things happening to them, the oral drops in the mouth just isn't the, the fun way to do it for kids. Okay. It's the... And also, the other thing we're finding is that topical applications are so important. You know, sometimes, one time I was on an airplane, and and this this child was just crying uncontrollably, and in the whole the whole passenger side of the where I was sitting was kind of going crazy with this yeah. child. And I I just said to them, I said, "Look, I know you don't know me." And you wouldn't want me to give anything to your child, not knowing me. But I, I have something that I can just put on this child's wrist and wrist on the pulse point, 
And let's just see if that's going to help this, this your child um, calm down. Yes. And so what what that was was chamomile. Yes. And um, and just holding that on the pulse point, um, within probably a minute, this child was starting to breathe again. Wow. And to come back into center. And uh, the the mom was like, "What did you just do?" You know. Um, and I said, "Look, it's not me. It's this substance." And I, you know, I I, I told her about them, but. Uh, but the point is that so so often, you know, we're not in a situation, children, the teachers, they're not in a situation where they can give oral medicine to a child without permission, and right. no one knows what's in there, so right. we right. have to right. be conservative about that. So the, the topical applications can be so important for children. Yes, I can um, see that. For those reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could also use the drops straight then, in your case, on, on the wrist and just, uh, you know, have them rub the wrist against each other or something like that? You just keep it right on the pulse point okay. and, and put the remedy right there. You see, because these are called pulse points because that the blood is circulating and picking up those energy currents, taking them back to the heart in a continuous loop. Yes. So just by having that medicine right on the pulse point and holding it there with just a, a mild pressure can immediately give the information that that child needs. Yes. And so it's a quick and easy way. But, of course, oral doses are fine, too. But then we, we have to teach the parents, how do you do that? How about a bedtime story? How about a way in which you make the flower something special? We, we're just... Our children are so inundated that we've got to find also ways to give them these flower medicines that aren't another thing. But, but you know, yeah, but you know what I what I one of the things I pick up from what you're just saying is that obviously we all have a certain sensitivity, and you see that how quickly these <coughs> excuse me these children are reacting to something as beautiful, simple, natural as these flower therapies that you're talking about. On the, yes, we've on had the more hand, people yeah, come but, to this work yes. through their animals or their children huh. because they're saying there's no way that there could be a placebo effect here. Um, there's no way that my, my dog knows yes. that he just got, you know, a remedy. Yes, but and yet this dog is not vomiting, this dog is not barking viciously at people. And so they say there's got to be something to this, then they will start to use them as well. But what I also want to add to this is if something as simple as this, and, and in a way it's very complex, but I want to say simple as far as you apply it and you see success that quickly, we often tend to forget that all the energies that we are exposed to can have such an immediate and quick effect on children and ourselves included. And we often just try to mentally overpower that by simply trying to find a reason why something is happening instead of finding a simple remedy to indeed find the balance back into our life because it can work that 
quickly. It does, and there, and there are cases where it takes a little longer if we have layers built up. But you with bet. children, we see a lot of success quite quickly. Yeah. You know, one of my early cases was helping a cesarean-born child who hadn't gone through the vaginal canal, which actually massages the whole child. Yes. And just putting a drop on the fontanelle, in yeah. that case it was California Wild Rose, and helped that child who was crying uncontrollably for three days. These oh. young parents were like, we, we're going to need to give our child a drug to help him go to sleep. Yes. No, what we had to do is help that child come to earth. Yes. Um, mm. One drop of remedy on the font now. And again, these parents thought I was some kind of a miracle worker. No, I wasn't. It wasn't me at all. It was one drop of a flower that yeah. needed to be given as information to that child to know that he was born and was here on earth and, the, and would, could come into the arms of his loving parents. Patricia, I have to run. Well, we'll be kicked out of the air in 15 seconds. Okay, Jacobus. It's been so wonderful. Thank you so much, and I wish you all the best and have a wonderful season coming up.